Welcome to the Raising Sons podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Rochelle Whitaker, but you can call me Dr. Shell. I'm a parenting advisor, educational psychologist, licensed maternal mental health therapist, and mom. On this podcast, we'll cover everything you need to know about raising sons. Now, let's get into the show. Hey, hey, it's Dr. Shell with another episode of the Raising Sons podcast. Today, we're talking all about homeschooling boys. Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you, I give all prompts to moms at homeschool because I did it for one year during the pandemic and I was so burned out at the end of that year and so glad that it was over. I didn't think I was going to make it the second half of the year. Grateful that I did. So I give all props to homeschooling moms who do this day in and day out because it is, oh my gosh, it's a beast. Now, what I have been told is that the first year is the hardest and that it gets better in subsequent years. The first year that I did it was my last year. So I can't speak on that, but I will share with you all what I learned from my year-long experience and what I hope will help some parents as they're deciding to make that decision. Now, I will say that if your child has, you know, maybe some special needs or, you know, has a learning disability or maybe has difficulty socializing or getting along with others, then maybe homeschooling is an option because I know that there are like co-ops and different things that you can do in terms of homeschooling that help you to kind of control the environment a little bit better. And that gives parents the ability to have more one-on-one time and get that one-on-one instruction that your child may need. And if that's the case, great. Or even if you have a typically developing child and you just feel like homeschooling is better, kudos to you. But what I learned from my year-long experience with my sons was, one, we needed to start the day off with some type of physical activity. So we would take walks around the block. Sometimes my younger son would want to ride his scooter just to give them time to kind of get the wheelies out. You know, I say the wheelies, but that energy, because we weren't commuting from home to school anymore, Once I got up in the morning, they had some time to kind of, you know, get some of those willies out because we were going from like their room to the room where we were having school. They didn't have a lot of opportunity to kind of get those willies out. So I always made it a point to, you know, take a walk around the neighborhood. If it was raining, I'd open up the garage door and we would play in the garage. It was scheduled, meaning it was only for a set period of time. And they knew that. But I think it really helped to start the day off right. And then I also believe that the sun, being outside in the sunshine, just helps with your mental state. So we got out in the morning and I'd encourage anybody who's homeschooling there, especially their boys, to get out in the morning and give them a little bit of time to get the willies out. What else I would say is make sure that your day is organized and structured. So some people don't do this, but this is what best for us. And I think it also worked best for my younger son at the time because I knew that they were going to go back to school. And so if I had been more lax about how the day was structured, then I felt like they would have struggled when they went back to school because, you know, school has specific times for different subjects. So I would say, you know, make sure that your day is organized and structured. Two, they need to know, you know, what time to be ready by and what time things are going to end, right? So when they were in regular school, when they weren't being homeschooled, they knew that they had that information. And so I think it's important, but I also think it's important that you are clear with your sons about what's happening, when things are happening. Not that you have to explain everything, but just being clear so that they know about what's coming and what lies ahead. 
The other thing that I would say, and as much as you can, as moms, we are our children's first teachers. But when you're homeschooling, taking the mom hat off and letting them know, like, I'm not mom, I'm Miss Whitaker or I'm Miss Joyce or whoever when you're doing homeschooling. So to help them to kind of separate in as much as they can, that this is a different time, a different setting, a different place, that you're not mom, you're the teacher. Because I think it can be kind of confusing, the two roles. So trying to keep the roles separate. And so not holding them accountable for things they do after school is out during the school time too. I think that is needed. I would say also what else to do is having them get dressed for school. So that was a thing for me. Maybe it was due to the pandemic, but I thought it was important that my sons got up, they put on clothes, they got ready as if they were going to school. We're not having school in our pajamas. This is not a lounge time. This is school time. So making sure that your sons get up, they put on their clothes. And then two, we were going out in the neighborhood, so we're walking, so they had to have clothes on. But also that it was important that they did all the normal routines that they would if they were going to school. Put on your pajamas, I mean, put on your clothes, wash your face, brush your teeth, all of those necessary grooming things that are important for my boys to have as they grow so they know what to do. And yeah, so they put on their clothes, so having them get dressed. The other thing that was also important for us and for them, for myself, was to allow them to have recess. So going outside the backyard, playing for a certain amount of time and taking breaks throughout the day. So they had recess. We had like 10 minute breaks. That gave me time to recollect myself because, oh my God. Or if I needed to do something else, address something else, take care of something else. I had 10 minutes to do that. They had a 10 minute breather. And then two, during the recess time, they had time and I had time. They had time to play, kind of work off some of that energy that they have, you know, being in the classroom. And then I had time to, again, decompress and check into some other things that I may have needed to check into. So we all benefited from the breaks. I want to take a moment to tell you guys about the Raising Fearless Sons Challenge. Recently, my son and I had a discussion about him wanting to face his fears and to be more brave. So he came up with a list of things that he wanted to do to help him face those fears. One of those things was something like uh, climbing a rock wall. So he has a fear of heights. And so he made a list of things that he wanted to do um, over the summer to face his fears. And not only did he encourage, he wanted to do this for himself, he then also inspired me to, to participate in this in this challenge. And so I'm a big fan of practicing what I preach. And so we've been, you know, facing our fears together. And so wanted to include you all in this challenge. And so if you want to join the challenge, follow these simple instructions. Share a fearless moment that either you or your son embraced on Instagram and use hashtag Raising Sons. The winner will receive a copy of the Raising Sons manual. I can't wait to see your post. The other thing I would say is make homeschooling your own, right? So it's not traditional school. And so you can do different things. You can make learning fun. Boys tend to be more active. So when you're creating your homeschool, your organization and your structure of how it's going to flow, keeping that in mind, doing things that are active. So we played games. We did money games. We did vocabulary games. I had them compete against one another, even though they were in two separate grades. But just doing things that kept it fun, kept them motivated, kept me interested as well. And that changed up the day to day. I would say if you can set up a separate space, even if it's at your kitchen table, because I also think just like you want to keep the role separate, like mom and teacher, you also want to keep the space separate. So they know, okay, this is where we do school. This is where everything else goes on. Because being in the house all day, every day in one space, it can be a bit much. Well, it was a bit much for me. 
So setting up a separate space just helps to define this is classroom, this is what we do here, and this is what we do in the other parts of the house. Also getting out of the house, doing field trips. So staying active, doing different kinds of field trips. So we did where I live, we have an arboretum and just allowing them to explore, making it a part of their education, giving them the opportunity to hands-on experience things that are different than when they're sitting in a traditional classroom actually seeing things that we're talking about. My older son, we were doing history. And so they had a whole six, nine weeks about the state. And so we actually went to our state capital in Austin and went to visit different places that he had learned about. So it just kind of further underscores his learning. It kind of segments what he learned academically with that experiential knowledge. And so I think, I believe that it's really imperative that if you have sons, because boys tend to be more active, that you are doing those kinds of things that kind of help to cement their learning. That it's not just about, you know, giving them the book knowledge, but it's also about helping them to explore and see it in real life so they can put like their hands on it and it just makes it more real. So I would say too, if you're a parent and you're homeschooling, making sure that you are engaging in self-care because it's necessary and it's needed. And if you're at home with kids all day, especially boys, OMG, 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 OMG. So those are some things that I would say, you know, again, starting the day off with a physical activity, making sure that you're organized and structured, separating the two roles between mom and teacher, having them get dressed and ready for the day as if they're going out into the world to do great things, allowing them to have recess and breaks throughout the day, make learning fun, making it active and engaging as possible, games, oh, you can do things with the ball, just all kinds of things that you can do, whatever creative kinds of things you can think of, making sure that you incorporate that into their day so that it's they, they're active, they're not just kind of sitting and learning because also one of the things that I'm going to share with you guys that I think is interesting. So I had my sons in swimming lessons and summer before last, I had them in one kind of swim class. This teacher, she just kind of like stood in the pool and told them what to do. And we tried out another swim lesson and they were like, okay, we really like the swim teacher. So I ended up putting them in those swimming lessons. So I asked them, what did you like about this swimming school that you didn't like about this one? Or what was different? And one of the things that they told me was this teacher that they just finished with, that he was more interactive, meaning he was more engaged with them. He was in the water with them. He was having them compete. He was showing them different things where the other teacher just kind of stood and gave instruction. They liked the teacher that was more engaged and more interactive. So sharing that to say, if you have sons that they tend to like that more engaged, interactive learning. And my older son, that's just started a new school, he's told me the same thing about one of his teachers. Like he's at an all boys school. So he has a math teacher and the math teacher throws the ball for them to answer questions. So he might ask a question and everybody raises their hand. If you get the ball, that means that you can respond. And so I'm thinking that's pretty awesome. So it's active. It keeps them engaged. My son was like, everybody raises their hand, right? Because everybody wants to catch the ball. So I was like, that's a pretty neat idea. And the teacher understands that, you know, I'm teaching boys and they need to do something. And so having something in their hand helps. And so, you know, my son is not necessarily like ball player. That's not his thing. And so I'm like, well, are you raising your hand? He's like, yeah, because I want the ball. And I'm like, okay. So I say all that to say that interactive, engaging and active learning for boys tends to be a better method for keeping them engaged. So if you're homeschooling your sons, that just might be some food for thought. Again, make sure you take care of yourself because you're going to need it. If you're wondering what you can do for self-care, I'll tell you what I did for self-care during that year. 
I would take walks when my husband came home. I made it a point because remember I was telling you about separating the teacher role from the mom role. I didn't do homework because I was their teacher during the day. So homework was for them to do with him, to do with my husband. And that was another form of self-care because I needed the day to have an end time. So, you know, drawing boundaries is another form of self-care. I would take walks. I would start my day off early. So I got up before they did. I had quiet time and I exercised in the morning before just to kind of get my mind settled in that space. And then it gave me time to take care of myself. And so exercising, quiet time, walks around the neighborhood. Sometimes I would just leave just in the evening, I would just leave. Maybe I'd make a target run to just kind of clear my mind. I would like to tell you that I went out with friends, but I didn't do that because we were in COVID. We did have some Zoom activities. So we had like a Zoom happy hour with some of my girlfriends, some of my friends from college. We would do that just to kind of, you know, help me to take care of myself. And so if you're a mom and you're wondering what you can do for self-care, those are some things. And make sure that your self-care is replenishing, is refueling you. So it's whatever you need to refuel yourself. And so that could look like a whole plethora of ideas. Going to the doctor is a form of self-care. So making sure that you're taking care of you and doing the things that help to refuel you because if you're homeschooling, you're going to need it. And so also last thing about self-care is including a village. So having other people help you to take care of your kids so that you can take a break. So, you know, maybe it's grandparents, maybe it's neighbors, maybe it's friends, but also giving time for yourself to someone else. So toward the latter end, when things kind of loosened up with COVID, my mom would come over on Fridays I would leave the assignments and the work for them to do. And so she would do those things with them. It gave me free time to free up my mind and space and kind of do what I wanted to do. So that might be something else that you also can do. Like I said, they're co-op. So if you're doing a homeschooling co-op, then maybe you have a day or two off because another mom is teaching on those days. And so making sure that you're using that time not to do busy work or housework or other things, but making sure you're using some of that time to do something for you. If that just means sitting on your couch doing nothing with an empty house that is needed to refuel you. And if it is, let that be your thing. So I highly encourage encourage you that if you're a homeschooling mom to definitely take care of yourself and engage in some form of self-care, whatever that looks like and needs to be for you. All right, that is another episode of the Raising Sons podcast. Be sure to share, subscribe, and tell other moms, other people about the podcast. Until next time.